Hi, and welcome. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. And we hope that this message will inspire you to live the life that God designed you to live. For this message or others like it, you can go to our website or you can find us on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, enjoy this message. Hey everybody, welcome to Destiny Church Online on this most exciting Resurrection Sunday. We're so glad that you've joined us. We just invite you to gather around, get, get your family together, your Bible out. We're going to go through the Word of God today. First, we're going to have some worship. But I want to just read, as we start out here, uh, John's account of the resurrection. It's a few verses, so just stay with me. But it starts, this is John chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone was rolled away. Praise God. Then she, she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know, I don't know where they've laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. They ran, both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stoop, he stooping down, looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Now when the, she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go and tell my brethren, and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary, Magda Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and, they, and that he had spoken these things to her. Praise God. That's John's account of the resurrection of Christ. And so we're so excited today that we can celebrate together the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want us to pray uh, together as we, as we go into this service, just believe that God's resurrection power, you'll experience it in a new dimension as we, as we go into this service. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much for coming to this earth and dying for us. Thank you so much for laying your life down that we could have life and that we could experience your presence. Lord, I just ask you as we go into this service, I just pray that you would anoint every song. You'd anoint every person that is singing, that's playing, that the, the anointing of God, there's no distance in your world, Lord, that it go to every single person that is hearing this worship service today. <clears throat> we pray that the, the word would be anointed as it goes forth. We just thank you, Lord, for touching every person. We just thank you for bringing peace to their life and joy to their life and encouragement today. We just look, turn our attention and our focus on you now. We expect you to show up and, and do great things in our lives as a result of this service. We thank you for everything, Lord, that you've done in our doing. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.
your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you our heart cries what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my what a beautiful name
take a minute wherever you are this morning. Let's just take a second and let the truth sink into our hearts. He's alive, victory won, death has lost every form of victory this morning. We just celebrate the King of Kings. All of heaven is roaring today. Let the Well, praise God. At this time, we celebrate the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who conquered sin and the grave and lives forever. Hallelujah. I love praise and worship for so many reasons. But one reason is it takes our attention off of what's going on in our world, and it puts it on Jesus where it ought to be. And we just have the privilege of worshiping him, the privilege of coming right into his presence. Praise God for that. Uh, once again, just want to greet you today, uh, Church Online here at Destiny Church in Ashby, Minnesota. We are bringing you our virtual service. I guess that's the right word. And uh, we just want to welcome you to this Resurrection Sunday. These are great days that we're living in. We're, we have our hearts are such filled with such expectation that God is going to do something awesome in the earth. Praise God. We are not discouraged. We're not fearful. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And we just believe that his lordship is being displayed like never before in the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you. Um, if you uh, would like to give at this time in our service, usually we receive an offering. Obviously there's not very many people here today, just a skeleton crew here to put this production on. But if you'd like to give, uh, you can, of course, go to our website. There's a place where you can give online. All, you can write a check to the church, Destiny Church. Our address is uh, 27871 140th Avenue North, Ashby, Minnesota, 56309. You can send a, church, a check to the church. We, are, we have uh, increased our giving to needy people and to needy uh, uh, situations, uh, both overseas and, and here at home. And so uh, it's really important that you continue your giving. Uh, and also uh, partner with us in prayer as we, we believe God for a major breakthrough in our situation. Hallelujah. I want to share some things with you today. I titled this message, <clears throat> Limited Acceptance of an Unlimited Redemption. I was sitting there thinking, you know, I, I wanted to speak, you know, short today because uh, it's Easter and everybody has Easter plans. But then I started thinking, I don't think anybody has Easter plans. <laughs> I think everybody's stuck at home, you know, or, or most of the people are stuck at home. So they, they don't have a lot of Easter plans. So that means I could make this sermon real long. But I realized that, you know, a lot of times in homes, it's a challenge to keep the kids corralled and to keep everybody focused on, on hearing this message or looking at a small screen or whatever you're watching this on today. But we're glad that you joined us. And uh, I'm glad that there's a few people here in the audience. So I, they're kind of scattered abroad, but uh, I, can, I can preach to some people and hear maybe an amen once in a while. <clears throat> so that would be awesome. But I, I actually have two parts to this message. The first part has direct 
directly related to the resurrection of Christ, to his death and resurrection. The second part, I think, is a word for, our, for us at this time in our history or this time in our, our world. I think it's a direct word. So I'm going to start out with talking about uh, what the resurrection, what the death resurrection of Christ means to us. Because I, I, I don't know if I gave you the title. The title is Limited Acceptance of an Unlimited Redemption. Limited Acceptance of an Unlimited Redemption. Uh, I think if you think about that title, um, you can see that, you know, God's redemption of us is almost unmeasurable. It's, it's so vast. And I think that most of the time we just accept a portion of it and we feel content with that. And a lot of times it's because of our understanding. We don't have a lot of understanding of what Jesus did for us and what the resurrection of Christ is all about. You know, we're, we're, we're celebrating an historic event which took place 2,000 years ago. Christ was literally raised from the dead. He is risen. In fact, the early church would greet each other after the resurrection. They would say, he is risen. And then they would respond, he is risen indeed. And, uh, and so that's a good greeting, especially at this time. But what does it mean for us today? Does it have, does the resurrection, this historic event, does it have any relevance to our life today? And I believe that it does. And I believe that understanding all this, at least some of the significance of it will increase the quality of our life spiritually and in other ways. And so some people, when they think about, uh, you know, salvation, they think about it like this. They say, well, I'm a sinner. I've been saved. Praise the Lord. And uh, he forgave my sins. And now I'm ready to go to heaven. When I die, I'm going to heaven. And that's the, that's the extent of their understanding of salvation. And I want you to realize that it's so much more than that. Even though I thank God for the forgiveness of sins, I thank God that someday I'm going to heaven. But I think that there's more to this uh, thing, this salvation that God wants us to realize. But if we have a limited understanding of redemption, then we're going to have a limited acceptance of it also. We're only going to be able to grasp, or we're only going to be able to get a hold of what that part of salvation that we understand. So I want to th think about it in two ways. First of all, uh, I want you to look at, we want to look at our condition what was the condition as, as our condition spiritually as God sees us? And also what was God's desire in, in, in this whole plan of salvation? You know, the first thing I want you to talk, we talk about is our condition. You know, some people think that, you know, we're, you know, people are pretty good people and they are, I mean, they're, they're, they're uh, they have the ability to do good things, but God is a perfectionist. And so when God looks at us, he doesn't see us just as a sinner. The Bible says in Romans 5 that he actually sees us as his enemies. This is outside of Christ. It says when we were yet enemies of God, Christ died for us. Not only does he see us as enemies, in 1 John chapter 3, now this is going to really be rough. In 1 John chapter 3, it says that in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested. In God's eyes, there's only two classes of people, children of God and children of the devil. And so God actually views us uh, as his enemies, children of the, of the enemy. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this. It says, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We had our conduct in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, just as others. So here the Bible tells us that we weren't just, we didn't just commit sins. We were actually, uh, it was our nature to be a sinner. We hear that term sometimes that people are sinners by nature. And that's absolutely right. Outside of Christ, we are sinners by nature. In fact, if you read the book of Job, it's Job makes this statement. He said, he, he cries out in verse, in chapter 25, he says, how then can a man be righteous before God? He's so frustrated. He's so desperate. He goes, how can a man be righteous before God? Or how can he be pure, uh, one who is born of woman? And so he, he expresses the total frustration of being, of being separated and not being acceptable to God. Also in the book of Job, 
he makes a statement, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And so Job has a glimmer of hope. He goes, man in himself cannot be right with God. He can't make himself pure. But then he says, I know my Redeemer lives. He's alive. I know my Redeemer lives. And someday he's going to stand upon this earth. And that's, when, that's talking about when Jesus came. He was and is our Redeemer. And so changing a person's actions won't change his nature. You know, there's an expression, it's kind of crude. I hope you're not offended by it, but it, it goes like this. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. I'm pausing for effect. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. What, what we're saying is, what the Bible is saying, the Bible uses the expression of pigs. And what we're saying is that you, can't, you can clean up a pig, but it's still going to go back to the pig pen. Why? Because its nature is still the same. The nature hasn't changed. And that's what Jesus meant when he said, you must be born again. You know, he said that to probably the most religious man on earth at that time, because it was Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews, which was the, the religion of that day that, that Jesus came to. Uh, they were the ones that were acceptable with God. They're the ones that had a covenant with God. And he was a leader or a ruler in that Jewish religion. And Jesus said to this most religious man, he said, you must be. It's not optional. There's not plan B, plan C, plan D. You must be one way. You must be born again by trusting Christ. So when we receive Christ, we receive a new spiritual nature. We pass out of spiritual death into spiritual life. Amen. That's great news. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't just come so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus came to make us what the Bible calls new creatures in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to fully identify with, with us in our sin that we could fully identify with him in his resurrection. That's awesome news. That's what the Bible calls it good news. And so that's the first thing. He talks about our condition, which really is hopeless. You know, you think about, you know, I, I watched the movie one time, um, uh, Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ. And I just uh, recommend that everyone watch it. But, you know, it's very, it's not for kids to watch, I don't think. It's very brutal, very graphic. It shows the crucifixion of Christ. It shows his his death, and it's very graphic, very brutal. But the truth is, when you look at uh, what the scriptures say about his death, it was probably even more brutal than that because it wasn't just his physical beating. It was also his soul and his spirit, how it was, how all those things, the sin of the world and, and the sickness and the torment and the bondage and all the, that of the world was laid upon him. In fact, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was led away to be crucified, he almost died in the Garden of Gethsemane because the weight of sin began to be put upon him. And he, began, he said, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. He was identifying completely with us in our, in our fallen state. He was identifying completely with us. He was becoming one with us in sin so that we could become one with him in resurrection. That's powerful. I don't care what anybody said. That's powerful. So what, that, that's the first thing is our condition outside of Christ. But the second thing is what did God want? What was God's desire? And, and God wanted sons and daughters. God did not want to have servants and slaves. He wanted sons and daughters. God wanted a family. Think about that. He wanted a family. God wanted to have fellowship with us. In fact, God wants to have fellowship with you and me more than we want to have fellowship with him. And he proved it by the extremes that he went to to redeem us. God wanted a family. That's why when Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father with our, which art in heaven. And he calls us brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. Why is that? Because those are family terms and God wants to have a family. Salvation is God's work. And what our challenge is, is to really understand and to receive all the benefits of salvation. Listen to this verse for a second. In Ephesians chapter one and verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I don't know about you, but I'm positive that I have not experienced every spiritual blessing that's in heavenly places in Christ, but I'm determined to experience them. I want all that God has provided for us. I want all of it. 
and I'm going to determine to, to partake of it. You see, I heard one guy, he described the cross of Christ this way. He says, the cross of Christ with what it revealed of obedience to God, of atonement for sin, of crushing defeat of the foes of divine authority, shows us a representative man overcoming for mankind and preparing through his own encumbrancy a throne and a heavenly ministry for all those who should overcome through him. Think about that for a second. What is the cross of Christ? It shows us a representative man. It shows us someone who took our place. And so the victory, uh, the victory that Jesus achieved in the cross and the resurrection is actually accredited to us. Amen. We are made alive with Christ. And we're going to look at some of those verses in just a minute here. We are made alive together with Christ. That means we, be, we, we are destined to win. We're destined to overcome. I think you should tell somebody in your house right now, we're destined to win. We're destined to overcome. We were in him when he triumphed over sin. We were in him when he triumphed over sin. We were in him when he spoiled principalities and powers. We were in him when he ascended up and sat down at the right hand of the Father. We were in him. His victory is accredited to us. Amen. The Bible tells us here, this is a great passage, it's a great verse passage. It's found in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 4 through 9. It says this. Now listen, I'm reading a lot of verses here today. I hope you don't mind. But it says, but God who is rich in mercy. I love that. It doesn't say God who has mercy. It says God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. Notice, he made us alive together with Christ. When Christ was raised up, in the mind of God, we were raised up. So when we believe on Christ, when we repent of our sins and we trust Christ, we are, we are quickened or made alive and raised up with Christ and seated there at his right hand. We're raised up together and made to sit in heavenly places in Christ. This is a place of authority or a place of dominion that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So here's what the cross and the resurrection has done for us. Christ identified with us in our sin, in our fallen state. He totally identified with us. That, that's why on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not the cry of a righteous man. That's the cry of a sinner. That's the cry of someone that has taken our place, who, is, who has taken the full impact of God's wrath upon himself. The, the wrath that for sin that we and I, you and I should receive because of what the sins that we've done, Jesus took that full punishment upon himself. He took upon himself the whole wrath of God. You know, I was, um, I was thinking about this one time about the fact that we, were, that we are in in Christ. And, um, and I, it, it, actually the Bible tells us that over 140 times it uses that term in Christ or in him or in whom it says that over and over again. And, um, I was thinking about that over, I was just kind of meditating on it. And as I did, the, the story kept coming to my mind. It's kind of a weird story. Uh, it's, it would happen to us, our family. We had gone fishing to Canada years ago, and uh, someone, someone in our family—I can't remember—I thought it was my sister. She was, uh, she was fishing, and she caught a little walleye, a little fish, and she was reeling it in, you know. And and I remember she was saying—I think it was her—she was saying, "Oh, I don't need the net, you know, everything's fine. It's just a little guy, whatever." And so she's reeling this walleye in, and all of a sudden. Uh, when the walleye got up to the boat, this great big, I think it was a northern, it could have been a muskie, but all of a sudden this fish just all of a sudden just wham, grabbed this uh, walleye and swallowed it whole, broke the line and just took off. It was gone. And, uh, and then, you know, the, her fishing line was just kind of dangling there in the breeze. And we're all kind of looking around like, what, <laughs> you know, what just happened? Well, the crazy thing about it, you know, when I was thinking about who we are in Christ, this story kept coming to my mind. I kept seeing this story or the, and, and the picture of this big fish grabbing this walleye. And I kept thinking to myself, why do I keep thinking about this, this story about our fishing trip? And so the more I thought about it, all of a sudden it hit me that this, this story is a picture of our salvation. 
I, I saw this story as a picture of our salvation. It's like we are the little walleye. If you can picture this, help. Just use your imagination. Picture you the little walleye, and you've been hooked by sin. You've been hooked by something, and the devil is reeling you in. He's la he's in his boat laughing. Ha 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 ha! I got him. Ha ha ha! And he's reeling us in, and we're fighting as hard as we can not to go not to go down the inevitable uh, trail. And we're fighting and fighting, and he's reeling us in, laughing, he, and just in a few minutes, he's going to have us in his boat and we're going to be destroyed. And all of a sudden, the big fish comes. And the big fish is a picture of Christ. And all of a sudden, boom, he, he breaks the power. This is what salvation does. It breaks the power and the grip the enemy has had upon our lives. And all of a sudden, now we are in the bigger fish. And so what does it mean to be in the bigger fish? It means whatever the bigger fish can do, we can do. That means we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Wherever the bigger fish goes, we can go. So now we have a new identity. We are being absorbed into the bigger fish. That's why Paul said this. He said, he said I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ liveth in me. The life that I live now in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. Paul had a new identity. You know, people uh, at this time in our nation's history, people are talking about, you know, is this the end of the world? Because this is kind of a, a worldwide uh, pandemic that we've been experiencing. And so people go, is this the end of the world? You know what Paul said? Paul said, when I received Christ, my world ended. Amen. My world's already ended. I received Christ. I received a new identity. I stepped into a new realm and a new sphere of life. I'm not the same person I used to be. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And so we as believers have a new identity. We have been not only forgiven of our sins, but we have been regenerated. We have been made new. When Christ was raised up, we were raised up. When Christ sat down, we sat down in a place of, of honor, in a place of authority. That's what the, the death and the resurrection of Christ actually means. Now, I want to transition here. Uh, that was all dedicated to the fact that we're celebrating Easter. I want to end this message this morning. I want to talk to you about uh, what I think is going on in our world. You know, I heard somebody say this, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but he said, the world is experiencing a divine timeout. I'm pausing for you to let that sink in. The world is experiencing a timeout, a divine timeout. And I don't know if it's a divine timeout, but it's a timeout. People are, are with all their activities, largely curtailed. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I don't know when I was, I guess we did this when I was raising kids. We, we, the kids would misbehave. What we would do is we'd give them a timeout. Uh, if they were not listening to authority, we'd give them a timeout. If they weren't playing well with other children, we'd give them a timeout. And this is excruciating. excruciating. How do you say that word? Excruciating for kids to have to disengage in their playtime and have to sit there and contemplate. And I think almost in a sense, that's what's happening. We're in a, we're in a timeout and we're in a time of, of tremendous reflection. You know, difficulty doesn't make you. Difficulty reveals you. Difficulty either tips you over and you fall apart or difficulty makes your roots go deeper into God. Amen. You know, I listen to people I'm, I, in, in a lot of ways. When I listen to the news, I'm not encouraged at all. But when I listen to other believers, I'm so encouraged. Because other believers are talking about, man, I'm spending time with God. I see it po them post things on, on Facebook and different things where they, they're posting sermons. They're posting words of encouragement. And I'm encouraged because I think something is happening. Listen to me today. I think something is happening. God is causing us to raise our gaze upward. I think something is happening. There is a passion inside the body of Christ that is beginning to arise. I think this is a time that if there are areas in our lives where we have not done what we're supposed to do, maybe we're at, in strife with somebody, this, like, just like uh, uh, your, your parents give you a timeout, just look at this as you're getting a little timeout so you can reflect and you can uh, make things right. I believe that this uh, timeout period is in incubating a mighty, mighty move of God. And when I was thinking about this, this the person in the Bible that came to my mind was Moses. Moses' life uh, and, and how he encountered the burning bush. 
And, uh, you know, really, Moses, you know, he was uh, uh, basically on the backside of the desert. I guess you could call that a timeout. I mean, he was, he was there a long time. But all of a sudden, God appears to him in Exodus chapter 3, and, and Moses said, God appears to him in a burning bush, and Moses said, I will turn aside now and see this great light and why the bush is not burned. You know, it's so important. When he turned aside, Moses had an encounter with God. That turning aside is a picture of withdrawing from, from your daily activities, turning aside. When he turned aside, he had this encounter with God. And I think, in a sense, we are being forced to turn aside. We are being forced to turn aside, and we who know God, I think, are, are, are causing ourselves to look more into the things of God, and I believe that we're, gonna have, we're having an encounter with God. We're going to be apprehended uh, by God to be a, a deliverer of his people. Moses was in a divine, in a sense, timeout. And I'm sure that at, at that point in Moses' life, he, he felt like his life was over. He was going to tend sheep, his father-in-law's sheep, the rest of his life. But Moses was apprehended. You know, Paul, if you read his, his story about how he was saved, he uses that same word. He, he talks about being apprehended. He was apprehended. He was, you know, uh, going ahead in the Jewish religion. He was prospering in the Jewish religion. He was being somebody that probably was going to advance and be somebody really important in the Jewish religion. But on the road to Damascus, he had this encounter with God where he was apprehended. Because, you see, God apprehends us because there's something that he wants us to do. In Moses' case, God wanted Moses to be a deliverer. He had tried to deliver Israel in his own strength, with his own power. But now he was being apprehended. And so when Moses reappeared in Egypt before Pharaoh, he was a different man. He didn't move in his own power and strength, but he moved in the power and the strength of God. And I believe that's what's coming on the body of Christ in this hour. I don't believe God sent this virus, but I believe that God can use Use it for good if we respond right. People are talking about the end of the virus so that we can get back to life as normal, but I don't want life to be back as normal. I want something powerful. I want there to be a greater release of God's glory and God's presence in the earth. I want to see the body of Christ begin to realize that they are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want us to begin to see uh, that they are uh, supposed to rule and reign with Christ at the right hand of the Father. See, the whole world seems to be in a dark place right now. I'm bringing my sermon to an end now, and I'm going to tie this together. But I, I think the whole world seems to be in a dark place, a place of uncertainty, a place of confusion. It's much like the, how the disciples felt on Friday, that darkness of Friday, this, the time of the crucifixion. Not only was the sky dark when Christ died on the cross, but their hopes were dark. Their future looked dark. It was all dark. Everywhere they looked, all hope was lost. But let me say this to you. Sunday, Sunday was coming. Sunday was coming. And I want you to realize that it might look, you might say, well, it looks pretty dark right now. Listen, listen to me. Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. There's something awesome that's about to take place. I thought of this verse, and I want to close with this as the worship team comes up to sing one more song here. But I want you to think about this verse in Isaiah. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. Isn't that what's happening today with this virus? I mean, darkness is covering the earth, and deep darkness is covering the people. But listen to this. But the, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And what's the outcome? The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. That is a tremendous promise of God's word. You know, I believe that 
God wants us to experience more of his salvation. God wants us to experience more of his redemption. There is a place for all of us that God has prepared. It's at his, at his own right hand in Christ Jesus. And he wants us to, to rise up and begin to live higher than we've ever lived before. This, this situation, we could call it a darkness, whatever, that's covered the earth. It doesn't have to come upon us. We can, we can dig into the things of God and we can see the glory of God appear upon our life like never before. And just as Moses was redirected and he became a deliverer of God's people, I believe that this time can be, if we'll approach it right, if we'll approach it humbly, we can, it can be a time where we are redirected and we can be a manifestation of God's presence, God's glories in the earth. Let's sing this song as we close. Fighting for 
Praise God, church. We overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. We're so thankful for what God, Jesus has done for us, and we celebrate that today. And I just want you to experience the power of his resurrection. Uh, amen. That was one of the things that Paul was his part of his purpose in life. He goes, that I may experience the power of his resurrection. And so I, I pray that you experience that today. And I just want to pray for you. You know, we, we really miss seeing you all. We love you guys. And uh, we can't wait till this whole thing is over with so that we can be together again and worship together and just enjoy one another's fellowship. But uh, I just want you to ask you to reach out. If you need anything, you can call the church. The number here is 218-685-4026. If there's nobody there, there's a, a phone message where they re redirect you to someone else and you can get in contact with us. So I want to pray for you. God, I just thank you for your people today. I thank you, Lord, that you love them so much. You didn't want to be without them. And so you paid the ultimate price so that they would be, be with you. Thank you that you made us your children. You made us your very own. You care so deeply for us, Lord. And at this time, we just want you to know that in this situation, that we are so grateful to you. We are so thankful to you, Lord, for protecting us, keeping us safe, watching over us and directing our path. And we just stand against this pandemic, Lord. We just declare it's dead in Jesus' name, it's dead. It has no authority over our state, over our country. We could declare it dead in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for giving our president and the leaders of our nation wisdom on going forward. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves before you, and we declare that you are Lord of our lives in Jesus' name. God bless you all. We, and right as soon as we end this broadcast, of this program. We're going to post a video, an Easter video we want you to watch. So stay tuned and listen to this incredible uh, Easter video that we put together for you. God bless you all. We'll see you soon.